0: It's Brian Preston, the money guy. Restoring order to your financial chaos. Retirement, investing, taxes You've got financial questions, he's got financial answers. It's Brian Preston, the money guy. Welcome to the show, guys. It's Friday afternoon. I've had a busy, busy week. Um, This is The Money Guy Show, of course. The podcast is going to help you make the best financial decisions out there to make every dollar last longer, to help you invest better, to do everything so that you are just more efficient with your money. We are here to restore order to your financial chaos. Um, Talking about having a busy week here, I want to share with you guys I had the worst nightmare that you can have financially, which is that um, I had the IRS hanging out in my office this week. So I've lost some sleep, as you can imagine, not for my own personal stuff, but I actually I I still have the bad habit of doing a few small business tax returns out there, Um, and it kind of caught up with me. One of my clients got audited, and we had to um, go through the whole full exam and audit that the IRS does. So I'll give you a little bit more about that. But I do want to welcome you to the show. Um, We have a big show to talk to you about. It is inspired by the fact that I did have the IRS with me. This week, and I've been losing some sleep for the last two weeks preparing for this thing. Um, it's all come out good, but it is inspired by the IRS, because I want to talk to my small business owners out there, because I know there's a number of you have gotten the emails from you, but small business owners, you truly have a legal way to hide money from the tax man. So the government is almost like your partner in crime in the fact that they're going to let you put money into retirement accounts, all the while they're going to give you a deduction that lowers your taxable income. So you not only save for retirement, but you also stiff the tax man on on your tax bill. Um, I do want to thank you guys before I get into the financial chaos topic today. I do want to thank you for the great comments y'all putting out there. On iTunes. I think that is um, keeping us popular, keeping us fresh, keeping us in front of everybody on iTunes because it is such a big platform out there. I also want to give you some feedback and tell you we've got some pretty exciting things happening because of how popular we are on iTunes. Um, I've actually got a local radio station coming in to see me on Tuesday to talk about some opportunities there. I don't know if anything's going to pan out, so I wouldn't get too excited about it. But it's still, nonetheless, pretty exciting when um, you get the attention from this this podcast. I also had a talent manager contact me from Fox News Um, about some developments they got going on with some of their cable networks out there. So that's that's pretty exciting. Couldn't have done it because we are part of the new media out there. Um, We're one of those people that started this as a hobby, and somehow we have kept ourselves fresh enough, kept up with all the big boys that um, our podcast is just as popular as the Wall Street Journal and some of the others that are out there. And I want to thank you guys because I could not have done it without you. But getting to today's topic, as I've already mentioned, Um, I've been spending the last two weeks preparing for the IRS. And that is like everybody's worst nightmare if you think about having to to prepare yourself to open up all your financial records, to let the government come in and see everything. And like I said, this is not for me personally. It was for one of my clients. But still, I treat my clients' assets, um, I I feel like they're, they're my, you know, I have to do a good job for them because I would want somebody to treat me that way um, when I do it, I was going to say, I treat my clients assets like they're mine, but that almost sounds like, um, I'm using their assets, but that's not the case. What I'm saying is that I try to treat my clients like I would want to be treated. And, and that's how I, I handled this audit. Cause I, if I was being audited by the IRS, I did everything the way I would handle my own personal finances. Um, if you're wondering, cause you're like, wait a minute, Brian, you're a wealth manager. Why would the IRS want to talk to you? I have, you have to remember my background, I did get an accounting degree in college. I did not get a finance degree, or now you can actually get a financial planning degree. Those did not exist when I was in college. I got just the the traditional, true general business major, which is accounting. Accounting is probably the best major out there if you just want to know how a business works. So I was in public accounting, um, doing financial planning, doing tax work, and then when I went out on my own a number of years ago, I had no clients. So when you have no clients, brand new business, and you need to bring some money in the doors, what do you do? You fall back on what you're good at. And I had been doing taxes for a number of years. So I still have a few small tax clients out there. It's a habit that I just cannot get rid of. Well, anyhow, one of these small business tax clients was selected for a full examination by the IRS, also known as the dreaded audit. Um, and even though I have over 10 years of doing tax returns, this is going to shock you. This shows how, how hard it is to get audited. I've been doing these returns for over 10 years now, and this is the first business audit I've ever been called to the carpet on. I've never had to do an audit for a client until this one. And, you know, when you get called on these audits and you go represent your client, you don't want to look like it's your first time. So you try to, to act like you've been here, done that. But it's a little harder than it sounds. But this was the first audit I'd ever been selected for. And that shows you how small the odds are that you go going to get selected. Um, it was my turn, you know, to sit on the hot seat in front of the IRS, I guess, and, and defend what we had done. Uh, we had the agents here on Wednesday. They were supposed to be here on Thursday, but I guess we did a good enough job of um, getting them everything they needed. They said they didn't need to come back out on Thursday. We met at the um, the client's location on Thursday, answered all the questions. Everything went great, and the agents were actually very friendly. I know I, I joke and um, kid about how awful the IRS is, but they, the, the agents they sent out were very nice and very hospitable. But um, I do want to tell you... It is your worst nightmare, going through all the financial records and everything. The good news is the client came through it scot-free. Uh, they didn't have to pay any additional taxes. We actually have a slight positive adjustment, meaning they might get some money back. So I'm elated that this thing went as well as it did. But still, I walked out of this thing. I was a tense stress ball for the last two weeks because I was so nervous about the IRS. Because you think about it, the government is the only people out there They can come take your stuff. The only people I really worry about is like the SEC, which governs um, the Securities and Exchange Commission, which is over my financial planning business. And then I'm scared to death of the IRS because these are the government entities that can shut you down if they don't agree with what you're doing. And I knew we didn't have anything to hide on this audit, but nonetheless, you're still worried that they're not going to agree with something you did. But we came through it good, and I'm getting back on point now. I I didn't mean to go into a long diatribe about the IRS, but I did want to get back on point with the whole purpose of me talking about this is it inspired me to try to load you up on what can you do to minimize your taxes. And really the best thing out there is the small business owner can load up their retirement savings. It is one of the last and few remaining loopholes out there that the government knows about and has not closed its doors. Um, you can do this, load up your retirement, have the government give you this huge, huge tax deduction. And this is all completely legal. Um, And why does the government do this? That's what I would be asking. Why in the world? You see all the time how the government is changing tax policy because they want to close up any loopholes. Well, the reason they don't close this one up is because they recognize that they've got to allow small business owners and encourage small business owners to save for retirement. Because... This is going to surprise many of you, but the small business owner is really the engine of the economy. I know a lot of us, we focus on the S&P 500. I talk about the small, um, you know, the big Fortune 500 companies and, and their earnings, and we talk about the stock market all the time. That is not what's totally driving the economy. It will surprise you to find out that the majority of us are employed by small business owners. Let me give you some stats on this, and I got you a link. If you want to go out to our website, it is money-guy.com. You can go pull up the show notes. You can also subscribe to our show note email um, where you type in your email address on the left-hand side, and we will send you these show notes with links and everything else out there. It makes it so easy. You can even listen to the podcast directly from um, uh, the website. Uh, So go out there and check that out, and we've got some links. But this link, and I got this information from the Princeton Review, is... 99% 99% of all employers are actually small business owners. 75% of the new jobs created every year come from small business owners. And then 96% of all exported goods come from small business owners. Do you, are you catching on the trend here that small businesses really do run this country? So that's why there's still this one big gaping loophole, which is retirement savings, because they need you to do well so that the government can, 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 can continue to go do well with the um, functioning economy. So on today's show, I'm going to discuss the different options a business owner has to lock money away for retirement and lower their taxable income significantly. So I went out there and I wanted to give you guys a good resource to where you can go Open up and look at all your options. And a good resource out there is Fidelity.com. Actually, if you go to the link that we have on the website, um, it will take you right to the link because Fidelity has um a small business plan comparison. And on this on this website you can compare um, a SEP IRA, a Self-Employed 401k, also known as the Solo 401k, the Simple IRA, and the Traditional 401k. And I know this sounds like alphabet soup, but I'm about to give you the details on these and give you the highs. And real quick, um, brush with a broad stroke here to, to give you a basic understanding of what each of these plans can do for you and your business. Um One that's not mentioned on the Fidelity website, but I give you a link to it, is um, the Solo Roth 401k. Um, I think that's a great option that's out there. It's just a little harder to come by. You have to actually go through and use um, a good provider I've seen in the past. um, If you want to do one of these Solo 401ks that has the Roth option, is you can go to 401brokers.com. 401kbrokers.com, I should say. And I've got a link, of course, on the website for that as well. So I was going to type up. I could, you know, I know on the, my show notes are typically very specific and detail-oriented, and I could spend days typing show notes for this um, this podcast, but I didn't do that. I think it's easier. This is one of those times that you're not going to be able to cheat and just read the, the show notes and know everything about that I'm talking about. This is one of those times you're actually going to have to listen to the audio um, to get all the details. And when we'll go through each of these and kind of give you the, the, the overview, the Cliff Notes version of what each of these plans can offer to your small company. First, the SEP IRA. This used to be the favorite of everybody out there, especially the, of the small business owners, because SEP IRAs are so easy to set up. They, um, You can set them up with just a, an application. It's just like the application is actually just like a, uh, an IRA application. So they're very easy. Um, Not a lot of plan documents, administration, or anything you have to deal with. The negative side with with SEP IRAs is that you have to put all the money in yourself, the employer. The employees are not allowed to contribute anything. It's only the employer that is allowed to contribute. And um, you, you spread that out. Um, so, you can see how this can get very expensive if you have a number of employees out there since they're not contributing a dime and you're out there putting 15, 20, 25% of their, their compensation into these plans. That can add up. Now, they do give you the opportunity to really suck away a ton of money. You can do up to 25% of compensation. Up to forty-five thousand dollars in two thousand seven. So you can see how you can put a lot of money into these plans, but they don't really work if you have employees, um, and they also are not the best option if you've because um, there's more there's better options out there if you've if you've incorporated if you formed an LLC a professional corporation. This is not the way I would go. But in the past SEP IRAs were good because they were very easy to set up. Somebody who might want to consider doing a SEP IRA is a small business owner that doesn't. Even, like I mentioned, is not even incorporated. They file what's called a Schedule C which is that that form that you file with your individual income taxes just says that you're self-employed. Um, if you have not in, involved an attorney in your business structure, this is probably what you're going to want to do because you don't have any employees. You're not big enough to worry about employees, and you can go open these up um, up until the time the return is due. And I'm not talking about just April 15th. I've used these things as tax planning tools because if you get somebody who comes to you that made a lot of money last year Um, Their company grew. They started something out of the house. It grew and did very well for them. They come to see you to do your taxes around. They come and do their taxes around March or April and they realize, uh oh, I've got a huge tax bill. What can we do last minute to save me a ton of taxes? You can set up what's these SEP IRAs, and you can, um, because they can be set up the year after and still code that contribution for the year before. So you can, even though you didn't contribute the money, in that previous tax year, the government is okay with that. They'll allow you to open up these retirement the, the SEP IRA after the fact and still get the huge deduction on your taxes and also allow you to, to shelter some money for retirement. So that's why these are great planning tools. These things you can open them up as late as um, October because that's the final extension date of the returns. You can get these things set up, put the money in the account and get a great deduction for the previous tax year. That's a that's a great planning tool but they don't really work if you have a lot of employees. The next simple version is is what's called a simple IRA. And simple IRAs are for businesses with less than 100 employees. If you have less than 100 employees, you can do a simple IRA. And they are great because they don't have a lot of plan administration. You don't have to file that annual tax return, that information return, Called the 5500. Um, they don't require you to do a lot of um, administration where you have to pay uh, what's called a third party administrator. And um, they're real simple to set up. Uh, you can do this with just a few documents. Um, with a a local investment guy. So they're they're very good for companies who have grown and added employees, but are not so profitable that they need to be looking for a lot of ways um, to maximize all their tax deductions. So it's just that that for that, that company that's grown and added employees, wants to provide their employees the opportunity to save for retirement, because this does allow, just like 401ks, for employee contributions. You can do what's called salary deferral contributions from the employee, and then the only thing you the employer provide is a, a one to three percent match and most of them i've seen are all three percent matches of the compensation so um, very good option you can put in in 2007 on these you can put up to um, ten thousand five hundred dollars you actually can put up to thirteen thousand dollars if you're over 50 years of age because they do allow that catch up um, so, a little less than what you can do in 401ks, $10,500 is about $5,000 less than you can put in a 401k, but still a nice option. It makes you look like a bigger company because you can offer some type of savings plan for your employees, but with limited you know, matching that you have to provide out of pocket. So if money's tight for your company, but you have a number of employees, this is a good option for you. Um, and I know Fidelity has a really good plan that I've I've set up for quite a number of employees that allows you to do your contributions through the Internet. It is super, super easy without all the headaches of, of hiring a third-party administrator. Now, the big thing that has made a lot of press, um, it came out about a I guess these things came out about two years ago, or what's called the solo 401k. And I've gotten some emails from people. I guess they've heard some crazy strategies out there where even if you're an employee of somebody, you ought to consider incorporating and then um, setting up one of these plans, and um, you know, and deferring a ton of your money, and, and so you can put away like. $40,000, $60,000 in these things and, and not pay income tax. That's crazy. If you are a W-2 employee of a company, you're not going to be able to just go set up um, another company and, and roll this in, you know, and start saving all this money in retirement. That doesn't make sense. If you're, if you're just a traditional worker, um, you don't, you're not going to be able to do that. But if you're a small business owner and you don't have a lot of employees, maybe it's just you and your spouse these solo 401ks are incredible. Now, they are not good if you do have a lot of employees. If you have a lot of employees and you're very profitable, you probably want to go either the simple, if you just want to offer them a good retirement plan, or if you are very profitable and you want to maximize your tax savings plus how much you can put away for retirement, the tr- the, the Traditional 401k, Roth 401k is going to be the option for you. But if you just have you and a spouse as an employee, and that's it, maybe you're a law firm, an accounting firm, um, and you're just trying to f- figure out ways to maximize your tax savings. A self employed or a solo 401k is the way to go because what these things allow you to do is you can put up to, you can defer, meaning put employee contributions of $15,500 a year. And if you're over 50, you can do $20,500. And then you can come back and do 25% of your compensation as a profit sharing match. So you can do a total of $45,000 a year of employee and employer, employer contributions into this plan. So you think about if you, it's you and a spouse, y'all could do up to $90,000 a year into retirement savings. That is tremendous. Talking about turbocharging your retirement savings, that is going to do it. The downside with these things was, and they just clarified this, this is huge, was that once you reach, this, the, these plans were allowed to exist because they didn't have any administration costs. So you could set these things up they're basically free because they didn't have to file the 5500 until you reached $100,000 in plan assets. Well, as you can see, if you have a, a husband and a wife saving the maximum, it only takes about a year. Uh, you know, The second year, you have to file a 5500 So these things, after you've saved for a number of years, you can see how you'd start to have to defy, hire a third-party administrator or somebody who's going to file the annual 5500 requirements. It could get quite cumbersome. Well, good news. We got some new tax legislation that came out at the end of um, last year. Um, It was in 2006, and I'm trying to find the name. Oh, here it is. The Pension Protection Act of 2006, it was signed into law in August of 2006, is basically pushing... That threshold from $100,000 up to $250,000. So it gives a ton of savings opportunities because now you can have this plan for a number of years um, before you reach a quarter of a million dollars and really maximize your retirement savings. So the Solo 401k, great, great option to stock stock away a ton of your um, income as well as um, lower your tax bill if you do not have a number of employees working for you. The um, more traditional route, if you do have a number of employees and you're very profitable, you probably want to consider doing a traditional 401k, and then even include an option to do the Roth 401k. And um, you can do that through you know a number of third-party administrators. I do those type of plans. Um, for for people who have over a million dollars in their retirement savings. They're, they're a good option to do. Oh, one thing I do need to back up on. If you want to do one of these solo 401ks, if you just want to go the traditional route, Fidelity has a really good plan. But if you do want to add the Roth 401k option to your solo plan, that's not too hard to do. That's actually available through, as as I've already mentioned earlier, you can do that through... 401kbrokers.com. It's a it's a website. You and I don't get anything from them for giving you a website. They probably don't even know who the heck I am. But um, it's a pretty good deal. There's no um, plan administration fees or anything like that. The only thing the only I guess the gotcha, the only catch, and this is how they make their money, is that they do get what's called twenty five basis points, or point two five percent of whatever your plan assets are per year to, to administer the plan. So there is, a, there is a fee involved, but they do provide you access with some of the best for, um, mutual fund companies out there. They've got Vanguard, they've got Fidelity, um, they've got a ton of platforms which are going to allow you to really maximize and make sure you're getting low-cost, efficient mutual funds out there. Um, but the, if you do have um, employees, as I mentioned, you want to go the traditional route, and those are great in the fact – I know a lot of people get frustrated because traditional 401Ks and traditional – and well, I shouldn't say traditional, but Roth 401K options – they do have an administration function to them that might cost you somewhere between two to five thousand dollars, depending upon how big your company is. And people see that and they don't do it because they go, gosh, I don't want to pay that two to five thousand dollars for administration costs um, when you know my simple plan is only it's free. Um, why would I why would I want to pay those annual administration fees? Well the reason is is because I know two to five thousand dollars is a lot of money, but if you think about the savings alone. That you can the difference between saving ten thousand five hundred dollars a year, um, plus your three percent match, to now you can save forty five thousand dollars a year if you're one of the big earners at your company. That you're definitely going to save over you know two to five thousand dollars in taxes. So the tax savings alone by going to the the turbocharge 401k plans it, is well worth the administration fees. And I know it's a pain to have to f- get somebody to file those tax returns for you, um, to work with your accounting department to, to do the payroll, but it really does pay for itself, and plus you have access to a lot more opportunity out there with other plan providers and so forth. So these are things you need to take into account. I know this is, this might not have been... I normally cast a wide net when I do these... these um, Podcast, but I'd gotten some emails from a few of you saying, "Gosh, I wish you'd do something for the small business owners out there. Give us some guidance on what we could do to really hide some—you know, not I shouldn't say hide, but to sock away some money legally." And, and this is the podcast I decided to focus on. Believe me, if you if you're one of these non-business owners and you just hung in there anyway, you know, come back and, and I'm going to have more far-reaching. Um, with a broader net that hits everybody. But I did want to do a podcast specifically for my small business owners uh, because I had just dealt with this IRS audit and it was hot on my mind and I felt like it was necessary. Something I should have probably teased at the beginning of the show and I didn't do a good job of it was that you still have the chance to sign up for the Wealth Report and take advantage of my July special offer. What um, I'm offering in the month of July is if you sign up for the Wealth Report Remember, this is not the free emailed um, newsletter that we do with all the show notes. This is actually the paid subscription newsletters twenty nine dollars a year where you get quarterly print newsletters sent out to you um, and all the proceeds that you do contribute to the podcast um, for the newsletter the wealth report do go to help offset the cost of running this show um, and the July special is is that if you go ahead and sign up now while we're waiting for the um third quarter print copies to come in, because I just got confirmation from the print company they will be here in the next week and a half. Um, I'll go ahead and send you a copy of the second quarter newsletter while we wait for the third quarter. So you're essentially getting... Two newsletters, you're getting an additional quarter of coverage on your subscription for free because I'm going to send you last quarter's newsletter that we have a few in surplus right out the door. So you only have a few days because it does end on July 31st. So take advantage of this offer. Um, If you want to know what's in these wealth reports, the second quarter has the following topics, how mismanaged 401ks put many retirees in jeopardy, number two, an analysis of variable annuities and what you should be aware of, important planning changes and how to handle retirement beneficiaries, and then five economic indicators to watch now, and then a checklist of estate planning essentials. Third quarter, the upcoming one that you're going to get as soon as we get them from the print company. The dollar's weak, and how has this affected the U.S. economy and U.S. investors? Avoid mistakes on IRA rollovers. Um, Update on college savings plans. Eight ways to save on life insurance. And why you should avoid using those debit cards. So these are some of the topics we're going to talk about in these upcoming Print newsletters, the Wealth Report, and you can subscribe to it several ways. I try to make this as easy as possible. You can just go and make a donation to my PayPal account, and my email address for the PayPal account is Brian at money-guy.com. Um, and just somewhere on the note, you know, after you give me your address, or anything, just put it, it's for the podcast subscription of the Wealth Report. You can donate at the site. If you just go to the website on the left-hand side, it says donate or support the Money Guy podcast. You can just $29 there. It's going to take you to PayPal. Or you can do it the old snail mail way, and I've put on the website – um, our mailing address, and who to make the check payable to. And, and it's all there for you. But thank you so much for tuning in to the podcast. I hope this has helped some of the small business owners. If you need to email me to get further details on some of these topics I talked about, you can email me at brian at money com. Until next time, may God bless you with good opportunity, good health, good friends, and future wealth. This is Brian. The Money Guy Podcast is hosted by Brian Preston, and Brian Preston is a partner with Preston & Cleveland Wealth Management. Preston & Cleveland Wealth Management is a registered investment advisory firm regulated by the Securities and Exchange Commission in accordance and compliance with securities laws and regulations. Preston & Cleveland Wealth Management does not render or offer to render personalized investment or tax advice through the Money Guy Podcast.